Hello, this is Jensen Franklin, and thank you so much for joining us for this week's podcast. Our goal is to provide you with biblically-based teachings that will challenge, inspire, and equip you to live for Jesus. If you haven't already, I'd love for you to go ahead and subscribe today to this podcast so you can get the latest updates from us and you don't ever have to miss a new message. Let's go right into the service, recorded at Free Chapel. I believe it's gonna bless you today. So I want you to look with me in the book of Genesis chapter 23 at a remarkable little passage of scripture that I pray God burns into your heart like he has mine in preparing for this message. The Bible says, and I won't take time to read it, in verse 9 that there was a cave of Machpelah that Abraham bought. Now go down, let's, let's begin reading for the sake of time uh, in verse 17. And so the field of Ephron was in Machpelah, which was before Mem, the field, the cave which was in it. All the trees, the fields, the borders surrounding were deeded to Abraham as a possession, verse 18, in the presence of his sons, Verse 19, and after this, Abraham buried Sarah, his wife, in the cave of the field of Machpelah. Everybody say Machpelah. While you have your Bibles open, flip over to, uh, to another passage that I think is worth looking at. I want you to go over to Genesis uh, 49. Go to Genesis chapter 49. And it's talking about the same place. And he says this in verse 30. And, and he buried her in the cave that is in the field of Machpelah. Same place. You see it there. Verse 31. They buried Abraham and Sarah, his wife, there. They buried Isaac and Rebekah, his wife, there. And they buried Jacob, which this text is talking about, and Leah, the field and the cave that were purchased. That's where they were buried. This is an interesting passage to me, and I'm going to explain it in just a moment. I saw something that I thought is worth pretty interesting. In Spanish, in the, in the Spanish language, unlike English, nouns are designated masculine or feminine. So a student asks, what gender, ask his teacher, what gender is a computer. And instead of answering the question, she broke the split, the class up into girls and into boys and said, you'll have to answer that question and give me four reasons why you say your answer is what it is. So the boys got together and they decided that computers, men, the men in the room got together and decided computers are feminine. They said, reason number one, No one but their creator understands their internal logic. (laughs) Reason number two, the native language they use to communicate with other computers is incomprehensible to everyone else. Reason number three, the men said the computer is feminine, is even the smallest mistakes are stored in long-term memory. For later retrieval. (laughs) And then the last reason why the men said that computers are feminine 
As soon as you make a commitment to one, you find yourself spending half your paycheck for accessories. So then the teacher asked the girls and the girl said, the computer is definitely masculine. Why? Because they said in order to do anything with them, you have to turn them on. <laughs> Reason number two, they have a lot of data, but still can't think for themselves. <laughs> number three, they're supposed to help you solve problems, but half of the time they are the problem. <laughs> and the fourth reason why the girls said that computers are masculine, they said, as soon as you commit to one, you realize if you had waited a little longer, you could have got a better model. So you decide. Macpila means Mac cave, Pila double. The cave of double or the cave of couples. That's what I want to talk about. The cave of couples. How do I get there? How do I keep my marriage together and when this life is over. We made it all the way to the cave of couples where Abraham and Sarah, they started their journey together. They ended their journey together in the cave of couples. Isaac and Rebecca started their journey together. And the Bible said they were buried in the cave because the parents set the example. The next generation said that matter if we're not getting along, our parents modeled for us that we need to stay together. They were buried in the cave of couples. Isaac and Rebecca followed the example and were buried in the cave of couples. And then Jacob and Leah were buried in the cave of couples. How in the world do we get through this life two totally different people and end in the cave of couples? Adam and Eve were the first couple that we read about in the Bible. God made them a couple. He made man in his image. And then he took from her and he made woman. He took from Adam a rib and made woman. Um, an angel came to Adam and said to, to Adam, the story is told. Adam, um, God wants to make you a beautiful companion. He's seen you lonely and he wants to bless you. She will be called woman. Adam, she's going to be gorgeous. Adam, she's going to smell so sweet. When you come home from work, she's going to have your bedroom slippers. She's going to have your, your, your uh, night pajamas. She's going to usher you in to your big chair and hand you your TV flipper. It'll already be on ESPN. She's going to massage your shoulders. She's going to rub your feet just before she feeds you the gourmet meal every night that she's going to prepare for you with dessert. And, and then after that, she is all yours for whatever you think you would care for her to be. And he said, well, what is that going to cost me? 
And the angel said, that's going to cost you your right arm and your leg. And Adam said, what can I get for a rib? Let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. Come on. We're, we're, getting, we're getting to the cave of couples. Let's keep moving. God made the first couple. He reached into Adam and pulled out his brains and made woman. Come on. I got to even it out a little bit. Oh, he's real, I meant to say. Now, this is interesting. The Bible said, number one, I'm not kin to a monkey because the Bible said there was no, there was no, uh, he looked at the animals. Adam was alone and, and, and there was nothing that was suitable for him because I'm not the same species. Adam was not the, that's why when, when God brought Eve to him, he said, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. He was saying, I finally found something of my own species. I'm not an animal. I am created in the image of God. God didn't give him another man. I'm not going to get ugly about it, but God didn't give him another man. God didn't give him three women. God made the first couple male, female. The word mate is used to refer in the animal kingdom, the mate of a monkey, the mate of a lion. It can also be used the, about the, the sock that's missing. The, where's the mate of that sock? Where's the shoe, the other shoe? But when he describes in Genesis, the woman, he calls her the help meet M E E T. That is not a, a miss pronunciation or some kind of you know, difference in translation. That is a specific word for a specific reason. It's interesting. God called the wife, the help meet, not help mate, help meet M E E T. The Hebrew word is, is, uh, neezer, neezer. It, it's the word from which we get Ebenezer. Now the word Ebenezer, if you live in the South, <laughs> If you live in the South, somewhere in your town, there's a Baptist church called Ebenezer Baptist. Whether you know what it means or not, it's there. I guarantee. How many have ever heard of Ebenezer Baptist? I thought so. Well, that's the story, and this is so important, so just stay with me. That's the story of when Israel was fighting the Philistines, and they were about to wipe them out, and God started throwing hailstones from heaven and delivered God's people, and as a memorial, the Bible said that they built a memorial to God and they called it Eber, which means to build Nezer, Ebenezer. The Nezer part means divine help. To build with divine help. In other words, the only way we made it through the battle we went through was with divine help. And when God speaks of the wife, he says, she is, sir, your divine help. She's it. That's why the Bible said, whoever finds a wife or divine help finds favor with the Lord. God looked at man and he said, the number one need of man is not the need to breed his hormones or anything else. The number one need of man is divine help. If he's going to fulfill the call purpose and plan of God for his life, I'm going to have to give him divine help. Eve was God's spiritual help 
for Adam in a divine package. Adam, I know she's a knockout. I know physically she's very attractive to you. But she's so much more than, than physical satisfaction. She is the divine help that you're going to need every step of your life on the journey into God's plan for you and your family. Without her, how do I say this? God, Adam had a relationship Adam had a relationship with God before he had Eve. He would walk with God an hour in the cool of the day through the garden. But God looked at him and said, you know, that's good that I visit with you one hour a day, but you need somebody 23 other hours of the day. So I'm going to give you divine help in a human package. I'm going to give you your wife, and she's going to be your help meet. She's going to be your, your kneeser. I'm going to call it your easer. And, and because you have her, you're going to have, as long as you have her, you're going to have my, God says, divine help through her. I will bless you because of her in your life. You have obtained favor from the Lord. You're going to win or lose your battles depending on whether or not you've got some divine help in your corner. You've got some divine help praying for you when you go to your job. You've got some divine help in that wife helping you raise those children. You've got some divine help in that wife building that career and that business. God says without her, the divine help that you need will not be there. You better cherish her. You better appreciate her. You better love her because she is your easer. She'll ease your burdens. Women are multipliers. Women are incubators. Women increase anything you give them. If a man gives a woman a seed, she'll incubate it. She'll multiply it. She'll increase it. And nine months later, she'll give him back a baby. You give a woman your, your uh, bachelor's pad after you get married. She'll incubate it, multiply it, increase it. You'll get furniture. You'll get curtains. You'll get a house. It'll look, it'll, it won't look like a battle zone from the Battle of Armageddon. It, it will look like something got a hold, and she'll multiply it and give it back to you. You give a woman trouble, She'll incubate it, multiply it, press down, shaking together and running over. Shall she give it back to you? But don't you ever forget, she's a multiplier. She's your divine help. Look at your wife and say, you are my divine help. Some women fight depression because their husbands are successful and they build huge corporations or they really win in whatever field they're in and succeed. And they're made almost to feel unimportant and unnecessary. And just everybody's about, I'll speak in my own life. Everybody, you know, they talk about whatever little success I've had. They'll, they, they almost can ignore your family, your wife. They always are behind the scenes. The truth is, Without my divine help, 
This ministry wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be holding a microphone. We better never forget that. It's a lie. You are important. You do matter. You can make a difference. You're the difference of whether he wins or loses. Your husband needs divine help in a human package. Except the Lord build the house. They that labor, labor in vain. Except the Lord build your home, you're laboring in vain. And God said, "My, the way I'm going to build it is I'm going to give you divine help. And you better treat her right because she's your anointing. She's your favor. How you treat her will determine how I listen to your prayers. That's an actual scripture in the Bible. She's your divine help. And it, when you get to thinking that you're really something and you're ignoring her, belittling her, competing and, and acting as though you've done it, don't you ever forget she is your divine help. And unless the Lord builds the house, we're striving together. We're praying together. We're dreaming Together, we're doing the Lord's will. Together, we're raising kids. Together, we're building a house. Together, we're doing life. Together. So important. A couple in love. A spiritual union. Together. So here's the, here's the, here's the deal. Sarah and Abraham started out on a spiritual journey that was remarkable. We talk about Abraham, but we have to remember Sarah's the one who gave birth to the promise. She was his divine help. And she died at the age of 137. Actually, she was 127, and he was shocked that she died. <laughs> and and I'll, you know, why he was 137 and he thought he would die first. That's why we buy insurance policies because usually the men die first. But she died first and it shocked Abraham. And the Bible said, I didn't have time to read it all, but the Bible said he, he, he kind of panicked and he said, I have got to have a burial place for my precious wife. And he bought a cave and the name of that cave was Machpelah, the cave of double the cave of couples. He paid for it. What's interesting, if you go to the Holy Land and we, we go in November and, and when we go, we will go to this place. It's, it's, one, it's two in, the, in Judaism, it's the second most holy site in Israel to this day, the cave of Machpelah. It's where Abraham and Sarah are buried. It's where uh, Isaac and Rebekah are buried. It's where Jacob and Leah are buried. There are two holy places in, 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 the, in Judaism today. Number one, the number one most holy place is the Wailing Wall. And the second most holy place in the Jewish people's minds is the cave of Machpelah, the cave of couples. They go there and they teach their children and they have ceremonies there and dedicate their families and, and, and do all kinds of things there because it's, it's the ultimate place that you can reach in a couple's relationship is we didn't just start out together and then trouble came and we broke up, but we made it to the cave of couples that when I die, I die and we end together that whatever has happened will not divide us and destroy us. 
He bought a cave so big that it was 375 feet by 500 feet, large enough to literally hold hundreds of couples. One scholar said it was large enough to hold all of the original children of Israel, which were 12 children of Jacob, plus Isaac, plus Abraham and, his, and their wives. It, all of them could have been buried. But what is interesting is only three generations kept the marriage covenant serious enough to make the journey back and be buried in the cave of couples. By the fourth generation, marriage apparently, potentially, possibly, it just wasn't important enough to, be, to, be, to make it, even though we started, the rest of the family said, we're going to lose this tradition of starting out together and being buried together. And I think we need to understand that we are we're setting the example for our children. That, that so much is, is, is hanging on us. So much is depending on us. So much is absolutely attached to us that if we go down, our families go down. L listen, let me tell you something. This is interesting. Do you know that the atom is the smallest portion of matter that you can get down to. Everything's made of matter. Everything I'm holding, everything you see is matter. And if you could reduce down to the smallest portion of what matter is, it's one atom. And you cannot divide an atom and get half and half. Because if you take an atom and you split the atom, you don't get half and half. People think if we get a divorce, we'll just split and you get half and I get half and you get the boy and I get the girl and you get the, you get the house and I get the condo and you get the truck and I get the car and you get the dog and I get the cat. And that's how marriage, that's how you end a marriage. That's not when you split it out, Adam, you know what happens, don't you? That's how we have the Adam bump because when you split an atom, it doesn't split evenly. It it splits all the atoms around it. When you split your marriage, it doesn't just affect you too, but it destroys and devastates. All that is is one atom being split and it attacks everything around it. That's what divorce does. That's what splitting up does. It decimates cousins and aunts and uncles and families and loved ones. They're decimated because two split. That's what the enemy wants to do to your marriage and to your home. And you have to have a made up mind. I'm going to the cave of couples. Arm in arm, hand in hand, head Heart and heart, side by side, we're going to stay together. It's not a one-man show. I don't, want, I don't want a man cave. I want a couple's cave. I don't understand men who go off and leave their wives all the time. It's okay to go off and have fun with your buddies every once in a while. But my God, when you're doing everything, you, you're not a man cave. You're a couple cave. You ought to do everything together as much as you can. Every once in a while, get with the guys and go do this and do that. But you shouldn't have any friend that matters more than her.
Notice that Pila means double. Everybody say double. If you stay together, if you make it to the cave of couple, you get the cave of couples, you get double. You get double the strength. You get double the protection over your children and your grandchildren. You get double the favor of God. You get double the prosperity. You get double the, the Bible said one can put a thousand to flight to 10,000. That means you, that's, that's, a, that's a, you, you become 10 times stronger, sir, when you and your wife are standing together. I know you're big. I know you're bad. I know you got it all together, dear lady, but you are 10 times stronger when your husband is standing with you. There's something about the person who has that, that mate, that spouse with them. You become one is a th puts a thousand to 10,000. You're 10 times stronger. Think about your family is under 10 times the protection when you are together. The enemy cannot destroy the home that says we're going to the cave of couples and divorce isn't going to get our marriage and it's not going to get our children's marriage and our children's children's marriage. By the grace of God, we will not quit. Well, you don't understand what's happened. You don't know what I've been through. Fight for what's left. I have a friend who told me that he went to a funeral of a pastor whose 16-year-old son was killed tragically in a car wreck, and the mother, the, the pastor, and the sibling, a, a sister, and a brother were sitting on the front row devastated at the 16-year-old body of their brother and their son who was laying in that coffin. And that day, I asked that pastor, what did, he, what did you preach on? What do you say to a family like that that's been devastated? He preached on Rizpah. Rizpah in the Old Testament had five sons, and the Gibbonites invaded and hung her sons. She was one of the wives of, of, of King Saul. And they hung her, her sons, but the Bible said while they were hanging from the tree, she took a bat and she beat off the wild animals and the buzzards off of her children. And she pitched a tent out there and sat on a rock for three months and wouldn't let this, the animals devour the bodies of her boys, even though they were dead. And he said, I preached on fight for what's left. I don't care how bad the enemy has devastated. I don't care if there's been infidelity. I don't care what, this is, these are real things that people deal with. You've been shocked. You've been hurt. You've been broken, but I'm telling you that God can heal. God can restore. God can fix. God can bring back God fight for what's left. That's why you're here this weekend. The enemy may have attacked your family, but it's not perfect families that make it to the cave of couples. It's families that have been through hell, but they got the grace of God and they said, we'll fight for what's left. And God gave them the grace to recover it all. Hallelujah. Give God a great shout of praise if you believe. He restores what the enemy tried to take. I'm saying to you tonight that you can make it. We, we need to have some couple caves, not man caves only. Well, I, I wrote down, a, I had a few inspired thoughts. What if, what if we had a couple's cave? The first thing you do is put a sign on the door, no kids welcome. 
<laughs> have pictures of you and your mate, your wife, all over the walls. Just nothing but pictures of you and her or him. All kinds of pictures. Have mood lights. Whatever cranks your tractor, get you some mirrors, whatever you need. My God, it's your room. It's your couple's cave. You can do anything you want together. Soundproof walls. Come on, preach somebody. Well, y'all don't say much while I'm preaching, but you come alive on the commercials. I'll tell you. I want to give you hope. Abraham made it. Isaac and Sarah made, and Rebecca made it. Jacob and Leah made it to the cave of couples, and none of them were perfect. Abraham was a liar. Yes, he lied. Don't you know she was disappointed in him? Read your Bible. Isaac was a luster. Abraham was a liar, and Jacob was a loser. So God said, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm the God of liars, lusters, and losers. If you give me your family, you got any of those stuff in your home? God says, give me all the lies, give me all the lust, give me all the losers. I can touch it with my grace, and I can make winners out of that house, and I can bless that house, and I can anoint that house. If you don't praise God, the rocks will cry out. It's the truth. You don't have to give up. You don't have to quit. It's not perfect people in the, in the, in the, the, the cave of couples. It's not flawless people. People look at me and Cherise. Oh, I know they talk in tongues most of the time all day. No, we do not. There are days to this day, statistically, statistically, the happiest, according to statistics, people who've been married 30 to 35 years say they are the happiest when they move into those years. The people from nine years to 17 years, they said, typically it takes that long to die to self. I'm not making this up. Latest statistics. The most divorce time is from one to nine years. Now think of that poor guy. So there's trouble, trouble, trouble. And, and if you've been married long, you know those first nine, 10 years, 11, 12. <laughs> it's always something with us, always. Some days are good, some days are tough, but we're going to the cave of couples. You're going to be buried by me, and I'm going to be buried by you. And even if I die before you remarry and use all my insurance money, you put him on one side and put me on the other. But we're going to be, come on. That's how I feel about it. We're going to the cave of couples. I'm not, divorce is not an option. That's not something we can talk about and look to. And I'm telling somebody by the anointing of God in this conference, the enemy's power is going to be broken off of your family. And what the devil thought was cursed and doomed, God's going to turn into a blessing for generations. Give God a great praise if you believe in grace. 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 
We all are deeply flawed. Marriage is brutal on selfishness. Brutal. You want to find out how... You want to find out how, how, how selfish you are, get married. Oh, you can, be, you can be hot stuff when you're single. Get married. Somebody's going to see all the bad sides of you. And you know, to the singles that are here, if you don't like the fish you're catching, you need to change the bait. I mean, if you're still going to the club, getting your twerk on, no wonder you keep attracting lounge lizards and freaks and losers and people living with their mama, ain't got a job. What do you expect? You will attract, become the person you, you want to attract. And like will become like. The like will find you. If you pursue God, you will find a God pursuer. If you come to church, you will find a church goer. If you read your Bible, somebody like you will find you because you'll only, you'll only attract what you are like. I'm almost done. <laughs> Imperfect people. We all mess up. We all make mistakes. We all say cruel things. We all do stupid things. It's interesting. If you do a Google search of McPeela Cemetery, it's the number one attraction in Queens, New York. You know why the great Houdini is buried there? In, in Machpelah Cemetery, his father was a noted rabbi, the great Houdini, the great magician, the most famous magician who ever lived. And he built this elaborate tomb, several million dollars. And he was buried there and he has a place for his wife but he was an illusionist. He was a deceiver, so to speak. He, he pretended before people he could do magic, but he wasn't. But not only was he that way in public, but in private, he kept cheating on his wife. And even though he built this massive multi-million dollar tomb and has a place for her to be buried, she refused to be buried with him in the, in the cemetery of couples because she lost all respect for him. Bottom line is, what good does it do if I build churches and I preach and I win souls and do all of this and at the end of life, my wife has lost respect for me because I didn't have integrity, because I didn't have character, because I didn't do right. Not that I was, had to be perfect, but I have to do right. I have to say I'm sorry. I have to humble my, I have to treat her like she's my divine help. The Lord spoke to me in studying this message and he said, how would you treat her if she was your anointing? How would you treat her if she was your revelation on the Bible? How would you treat her if she was the key to 
you being able to effectively touch the congregations that you minister to? How would you teach and treat her all week long? And that ripped my heart out because I don't want to get to the end of my life and my wife not even want to be in the cave of couples with me. I want her to respect me and love me. I want my children, I want my grandchildren to love me and honor me. And you know, men, I'm kind of rambling now, but I feel like saying God made you strong. The Bible said in 1 Peter chapter 3 that we're to give honor to the women as the weaker vessel. That's That's not a put down. That's a biological fact. Unless you're married to Ronda Rousey. But in general, and I got a point to this, but in general, men have 30 to sometimes 35% more muscle than woman. We carry in our body more than a gallon of blood than the woman. That's why we have more energy. That's why we're stronger. Why? Because God said, I want the man to do two things for the woman. Number one, I want you to be the protector of the woman, and I want you to be the provider of the woman. You get out in that field with those muscles and that energy and that blood and you work in those fields, Adam, and you come back and you provide for her because if you don't provide for her, you're worse than an infidel. And I want you to take on the responsibility. It's okay. Women should be equal pay and they should have every opportunity. I'm totally believing that as a, as a man of five daughter, uh, four daughters, I, I believe in, in equality in every way. And she can make more than he can, but he still ought to call, carry the burden of the responsibility. As a matter of fact, they did a survey and they said men who feel like it's their responsibility to provide. In other words, they, they think about retirement. They think about college. They think about the house payment. They think about what our family needs. They think about the car. They, they think about what the family, they, they, they'll do whatever it takes, work two jobs. They carry the responsibility. And they say, people, men who think that way make on average a thousand dollars more a month than men who said, Hey, hey we go Dutch. Nothing wrong with a woman working. Nothing wrong with a woman making more than the man. The point is this. The man ought to carry the stress of that. He is the provider. He is the protector. So I'm almost done. He had to buy the cave. She didn't. Come on. Say amen. I'm closing, but I want them to bring my little my little picture out and I want to, I want to close with this. There's, there's so much on us, you know, so much is hanging on us. So much is connected to us. So much is so much that if the atom of your marriage splits, it doesn't just split you two, husband and wife, but it splits everything around you. It decimates families and children, homes This nail that I have up here, this nail represents your marriage. So this is a test. This nail represents you and your wife, you and your spouse, you and your husband. This nail is you and your husband. This is a portrait of Jesus. And through the cross, 
through the nails and the blood that he shed, you and your spouse enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ where his blood covers you, where his blood says what has started for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health. Here's the big words. Till death do we part. We're going all the way to the cave of couples. And once you enter into Christ, you have his grace, his power, his forgiveness, his anointing, his Holy Spirit on your relationship. But it's not just you and your mate that have entered into Christ. But you've got so many responsibilities and you've got the pressures of life and you've got bills that, that have to be paid. And, 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 and it begins to it just begins to hang on you. And then something happens. Life just begins to happen. Maybe one of the children gets sick or you go through cancer with a relative, a family, and it's another strain and you feel the stress of it and it's hanging on that relationship. And now the financial pressure begins to have impact on this, this in Christ marriage and home and family. Not only that, but there's nothing, you know, people who lose a child, people who lose in an accident. I've walked through many in this church who lost tragically a child and the enemy decimates the, that, those marriages because their pain is connected to one another because they lost a child to cancer or a car wreck. And now suddenly that it's pulling on them. It's pulling on them. And, and, the, and then, you know, if you get married and everything's good and, and then she gets pregnant and then she gets pregnant again and then she gets pregnant again. I should say y'all get pregnant, not she. It takes two to tangle. And, 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 the, and she's pregnant and, and there's pressure and then there's pressure at work. Oh, the pressure of work. You just don't understand me, Cherise. You just don't understand the pressure I'm under. How many times has you, have you heard me? You just don't know what it's like to have to preach Sunday. It's, a, it's an exam. It's an essay every week. Dear God, <laughs> do you understand the pressure I live under, woman? Then dad dies, mom dies, loved ones die, funerals, and it just gets heavier and more and more is pulling on you and the whole family because, because notice the nails going down if you notice that and then, then everything's hanging on you and suddenly... The whole family falls to pieces. The whole marriage falls to pieces. The whole everything. Because here's the reason why. And, and I want to tell you why. You know why it couldn't handle all the things that were hanging on? It was too shallow. The only way to handle life as it gets heavier and heavier and heavier you got to go deeper and deeper and deeper the older you get the longer see I'm, I'm glad for you young couples because right now you know you're all in love and you 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 you, you touchy touchy I mean I, I love it when I see newlyweds Chris and Ben are sitting down here they've been married a year they look like a third base coach every time I look at them they're sweet. I like that. That's good. We need more of that. We need more of that. I don't want to lose that with Cherise. 
But the truth is, the older you get, it's, you know, the Bible calls the woman's, the, in the book of Song of Solomon, it said her breasts are like twin fawns. But as you get older, they become twin falls. Come on, help me preach right. And, and, then, and, 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 then, and then he just starts, he just don't work right. It's just, it's all kinds of issues. Just being real, come on. Welcome to life. So the only way you hold it together is you keep going deeper, deeper into Jesus. We got something greater that'll hold us together. We got every time life comes, we're going to go deeper into him. We don't let trials and troubles and issues and problems stop us. We go deeper into him. He's the answer. And I don't care what's hanging on you. When you get in him, you can handle it. Give God a great praise if you know that there's a rock that you can build your house on and it'll stand. Let's stand up on our feet. And so I wrote this down and I want to close with it. I want you to look at your, if you're a man, look at your divine help in a human package. And I want you to say these words. Me and you are going to end our journey together. I love you. You're my divine help. You're the easer of my life. We'll be buried together. We were married together. We said till death do we part. And nothing's going to ever change that. Don't you ever question it. Don't you ever worry. We're not a perfect couple. We're not flawless. But we've got grace. Say this. Say this now. I make you a vow. God gave you to me. And I make you this pledge. We're going to end the journey at the cave of couples. No quitting. No giving up. We just will go deeper into Jesus. No matter what life brings, we are together forever. I really want to say thank you for joining us this week. If you haven't already, make sure you click on the subscription button and leave us a review. It helps this podcast reach even more people when you comment, when you give us your feedback. For more messages and inspirational materials, download the Jensen Franklin app, or you can head over to jensenfranklin.org. I want to thank all of you who give generously to help us produce weekly content like this to reach the world with the message of Jesus. God bless you, and we'll see you next time.